This is the decision point with Anand and Dury. Anand, we've been looking at some lines, man. We've been line shopping, looking at some futures. So today we'll talk about NFL futures. We have odds to win MVP. We have odds for rookie of the year. We have win totals. We have odds to make the playoffs. Where do you want to start? I think we should start with win totals. Those are always the most fun get people the most hype because obviously we know who is in the MVP discussion at the top but win total day is always fun because those drop and everybody loses their mind over a couple so I don't know what jumps out to you well the first team that they always list is the Dallas Cowboys and historically going under on whatever the line is for the Cowboys has been the best bet in the futures market so when you're looking at win totals Cowboys under has been the best by the numbers over time because they are America's team. There is this irrational affinity for the Dallas Cowboys. My accountant loves the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know why. A lot of people love the Dallas Cowboys. I like the Dallas Cowboys a lot. I love Dak Prescott. I love Tony Pollard. I don't know why I'm such a Cowboys fan, but I am, right? How about them Cowboys? And then so the lines are, you know, across the board, it's nine and a half wins. The VIG is bad on nine and a half. The books have figured out that, oh, the Giants are not there yet. Oh, this division is actually uh, not as strong as it has been in the past. Washington is in transition. So there's a bunch of easy wins on the Dallas Cowboys uh, schedule and... I still believe that even though there's negative odds here, you go Cowboys. I'm 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 going against Don't. an incredible headwind because I love the Cowboys to 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 give the Eagles a run. I think the Eagles will ultimately take down this division and win the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the Jalen Hurts MVP odds later. I like those as well. So stay tuned. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from player profiler to their dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side, prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for super flex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing, and it's going to be well worth it. But I, I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to be right there, and it's going to be one of those super fun interdivision rivalries that we'll be tracking the entire season, and I see both of these teams winning at least 10 games. So if you look at it that way, right, if you think they're going to be similar in terms of how close they get in win totals. What Vegas is trying to tell you when these lines come out is we don't inherently bake in injury risk. We do it in fantasy football, but for some reason when it comes to adjusting teams' wins and losses, we don't bake that in. They're trying to tell you 
we think Dallas is probably a 10-win team, but you're going to have to pay us a little bit of juice to buy into the fact that they're going to stay healthy enough to win 10 games. A little bit of juice. I'm looking at minus 150, minus 160. Jesus, it's a lot of juice, man. So if you really believe in the Cowboys, if you think they get to 11 or 12 wins, that may be a scenario where you actually bet them to win the division. Because, again, there are injury risks for all of these teams. If perhaps the Eagles get bit by the injury bug that they didn't get bit by last year, Dallas's odds to win the division go significantly up despite the fact that their team hasn't gotten any better. The way to look at this is you're not betting a team as much as you're betting a system and a number. Is it very likely that barring injury to Dak Prescott, Dallas is probably going to win 10 games. So you're okay eating that. But I think if you're looking at Dallas, the best bet on the Cowboys may not in fact be Cowboys over nine and a half and maybe Cowboys to win the division because you're kind of adjusting the odds that they're giving you in your favor somewhat if injury luck favors them more than it favors the Eagles per se. So there are multiple ways to look at it, but I think that's one. Dallas is always the most interesting market because it attracts the most money. Dallas, New England when Brady was there and then Kansas City, obviously, you know, I think they've gone over, what is it, 11 years, something like that? 10 of 11 years, something crazy. It's a lot. They go over almost every year. Yeah, so the Eagles are minus 105 on most books, minus 105 to minus 115 across the board to win the NFC East. Cowboys plus 175 in on average across the books. So I agree with you. That's smart. See, that's smart because now there there, there is like plus 700 on the Giants. And we know that the Giants can't win the division. So just forget the Giants. Forget Washington and just break it down to a a binary decision. And because it's closer between the Eagles and Cowboys, the the talent profile across the board of these two rosters is closer than these odds indicate. And both of these teams are susceptible to an injury to the quarterback, especially Dallas. There's been a, a longer track record of more injuries piling up for Dak Prescott. And but both are quarterbacks that will pull the ball down and run. I think that the probability of an injury is actually closer than you might think based on Hertz' historic durability. Because he runs the ball more, he leaves himself open to more huge hits. And so that actually increases his probability of getting injured. Whereas Dak Prescott, he may pull the ball down less and, and therefore uh, maintain his health. So I like I like it. So what what do you got? Give us a give us a, a one of these total wins over unders that you're looking at. I think the every year until we are proven otherwise, until something falls out of the sky and actually injures Mahomes to the point that he actually has to miss any significant amount of time, Kansas City's over. They set it at 11 and a half almost every year. It's 11 or 11 and a half and it's going to be juiced. The best one that I can find right now I think is FanDuel minus 134-ish. It may move. Based, it's state to state is a little different too. Um, but until proven otherwise, that's going to be the best win total bet every year. Uh, you can try to fade them. I just don't see a way that you can. The best way, to, if you're going to try to fade Kansas City, the best way that you can is to bet on someone else to win the AFC. Because I don't think 
yes, Denver's going to make it tougher on them this this year. Yes, the Chargers are going to make it tougher on them this year. But even if they split within the division, which I don't think is going to be the case, I don't think they're going three and three in the division, but even if that were the case, they have enough firepower to still go get 12 wins, which is crazy. It's insane to think about. It's just so dangerous. They, they have to play the Bengals. They have to play the Bills. Yep. And every year we try to rationalize, hey, this this 11 and a half, 11 is too high. They're, at some point, they're not going to cross it. There, there's going to be a year where they go 11 and six and it just hasn't happened. So it, it's basically ignore conventional wisdom for this one team because they've proven over and over again that conventional wisdom does not apply. If you can win a Super Bowl on one leg, I, I don't know what else. <laughs> I, I am certainly not going to take the oppo side of going under on Kansas City wins. All right. Uh, I, 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 I won't do it. Like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not over on a team that's 11 and a half. Just to me, I'm allergic to that particular bet. I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. it, it it's, I'm actually more likely to go under on the team with the lowest win total than going over on the team with the highest win total because all the, the injury risk is, is, is part of that as well. It's not just an injury to Mahomes. It's also an injury to Kelsey. Kelsey yeah. goes down. Now you have two key players that need to stay healthy for the majority of the season for that win total to uh, yep. happen. I don't see it. I just, I just don't. I, I don't see it being a a positive EV move. But I'm also more of a system guy. I'm more of a guy because I'm not the the most prolific sports better. I I lean on systems, and so I, I have rules of thumb that I use. And so let's just let's just go through by the way the schedule. The Kansas City Chiefs are also crossing against the AFC East, which means they play Miami, which means of course they play Buffalo. They'd play Buffalo regardless because they were both division winners. Then they also play the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. They also play the Patriots. It's not good. Right, the schedule is just it's yes, there's a respite in there against the Raiders. There's a respite in there actually against the the Green Bay Packers because they do cross against the NFC North. That's the one benefit that they have from the schedule luck that they do get the NFC North and the NFC North is one of is, is relatively weak, but then again, right? Yes, the Chicago Bears that that looks like an easy win in week 3 and and of course you know, you've you've got uh, uh, you know, the Packers with Jordan Love. That that's a layup. But Lions, right? Lions and oh, the opening night too. Opening opening night, right? That's going to be a difficult task. And the Vikings. Now the Vikings lead me to the bet that I always make, the systematic bet that I always make, which is just find the team that was the luckiest last year. And go under whatever their total is this year. And we know that the Vikings were by far and away the luckiest team. You look at the uh, Pythagorean win equation, which essentially looks at the team's point differential versus their record. So which team's point differential was most incongruent with their, their record? And that was by far and away the Minnesota Vikings. So systematically, without knowing anything, you just go under that team. That's typically 
how I put together my futures tickets because, again, I'm not a prolific better, and these systems have treated me well over the years, these these rules of thumb on it. What do you think of that? I think it's a good one, but in this case, the market's already adjusted. And Has it, though? Has it, though? In a lot of ways, Vegas will tell you who they think was the most the luckiest team last year and adjust their win total accordingly. You're looking at eight and a half under for Minnesota for Minnesota, right? Under, under. Also because they cross against the AFC West. Yeah, that's a you Minnesota is one of those teams that's gonna have to get lucky a couple of games to go over that eight and a half. And they're they're making you pay for the over too. The best price that you can get on eight and a half over is minus 125 right now. So you're actually probably getting plus odds on the under. And again, one, we're talking about injury risk here. How many things does Kirk Cousins cover for that team? You may not think he's the greatest quarterback in the world, but he's at least above average. If you have to put a replacement level quarterback in, in Kellen Mond, who knows? Yeah, that's another interesting note is go down the board, go down the different rosters, and find the teams that have the worst backup quarterbacks. If nobody wants to play their backup quarterback, you don't you don't sign a backup quarterback in the hopes that you have to play him. You sign a backup quarterback in the hopes that if you have a three- to four-week stretch where you need to get your guy healthy again, they can hopefully split those games or maybe even win three, lose one for you, they're not meant to be a long-term solution. That's not why you sign a backup quarterback. That's not why you draft and develop someone. But not having a competent backup quarterback is a big problem. And if they've shown resiliency to move on from Cousins while having Mond there for that amount of time, at some point you get concerned, is he anything? Is he nothing? Do you believe that much in Kirk Cousins? This line is just odd at eight and a half, especially when you're talking about potentially going under and losing five wins from last year. But if you watch the Vikings, even if you ignore the numbers, if you just watch the Vikings, opportunistic turnovers, ridiculous plays happening out of nowhere, that was nowhere near the 13-win team that they profiled as if you just look at wins and losses. If you dove into the numbers at all, that was really a nine and eight team that got lucky, and now you drop a Dalvin Cook. How much does he impact wins and losses versus Madison versus a Ty Chandler versus a Dwayne McBride? Not much, not much, but th- there were significant injuries last year, so they won a bunch of games in spite of you know, injuries to Christian Derrissaw. So that's how you could get run over on that one, is actually the point differential was skewed by a lot of injuries where this actually is just a good team when healthy, so that's not one I have a lot of conviction on. That's just a system one. The one I have more conviction on is going under the Steelers. And you can get plus odds on the Steelers under eight and a half. And that's the lowest total in their division. This, this is the lowest total in the AFC North is the Steelers. If all the teams are supposed to win nine or more games, then you can just pick the worst team in the division and just go under that team. It's, it's really easy. That was the case for going under the Raiders last year because the Raiders were that division last year in the AFC where Vegas thought all four teams in the AFC West were going to at least be 500. And you're like, well, I don't think so. Actually, that's not possible. Doesn't happen very 
I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's mathematically possible, but it's mathematically challenging to even figure out how the hell you would do that. And no one is excited about the Steelers. It's just you're betting the brand, right? It's it usually with, with teams like the Cowboys, you just go under when you see the line is set because there's an implication that the public is just going to bet the brand. And here, I don't. This line is just silly. This is just we know the Steelers are gonna be in games and they're gonna play good defense. Why? Their their defensive personnel is below average across the board. Well, they're the Steelers. It's the helmet. It's weird. That one a lot more conviction than under the Vikings. And if you're gonna do that, one of the things that we should talk about here is FanDuel is gonna offer this over eight and a half at minus one fifty. If you go to Caesars. You can get over nine or under nine at minus 110. And the thing is, the question you have to ask yourself is how likely is a team to be close to a number? Does it matter? Do I want to pay, right? Do I want a bigger payout for under eight and a half or do I want to cover myself at nine? Because if they do go nine and eight, if they do get lucky a couple times, that bet would be a wash if they go nine and eight. It's a great Whereas point. if they, if, and that's kind of where, Taking every book that's available to you in whatever state you are is a huge part of this because if points bet has the best number, then you should use points bet. If MGM has the best number, then you should use MGM. It's no different than driving down the street and you see four gas stations at a corner. Why would you only go to the one that you've been going to forever if three new ones opened around and may have better gas prices that don't require you to do anything other than turn into one over the other? That's what you're doing when you're not downloading every sports book that's out there to get whatever the best number available is. Sure, some interfaces may be better than others. I'm not suggesting that you have to use this for every single thing you do, but especially when it comes to betting futures like this. Yeah, in the off season, right? In the off season. It's it's yeah, I know it's annoying to download these apps that it's not easy to go through the, all the steps. You have to verify your identity and your geography and all these things. It's it's annoying. I, I don't like doing it, but you do it, especially in the offseason, because there's a lot of money at stake. And in this particular case, because I believe the Steelers are more of a six-win team, I'm happy to just take the, the, the plus odds at under eight and a half as opposed to trying to cover myself at nine. But if you look at a team in the same division with the Browns, there, I want to cover myself. Because I love the Browns this year. I think the Browns will exceed expectations where the Steelers will miss expectations. The Browns are just teed up, man. I am essentially in on Deshaun Watson at his dynasty week. We're in a, a startup right now, a single quarterback startup, a staff startup for dynasty week. And my quarterback is Deshaun Watson. I stacked Watson with Amari Cooper. In Dynasty, it's 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 an underrated tactic in Dynasty to, to do your to implement your quarterback wide receiver stacks and the over under lines vary widely on the Browns. Most are nine and a half, and you can get plus odds to go over nine and a half. But also there are lines like at Caesars that are eight and a half, where you know to go to go over eight and a half, you, it's it's you have to pay a lot of juice. This is one of the more polarizing teams this year. Yeah. Most people most people are not indifferent on Cleveland. They're either all in or they're all out. And if you're all in, then that eight and a half number 
is tempting because it provides you some flexibility in that team being nine and eight in a really tough division. We just spoke about Pittsburgh and their number at nine. Sure, they may be more of an eight-win team in theory, maybe a seven-win, a seven-eight-win team. But if Vegas is going to hang nine and let the people bet that number and not move it up or down from there and just kind of stagnate that number there, it's telling you what they really think of that team in that division. When you couple that with what is going on with Cleveland's odds that are kind of floating in that same space, you have to consider how tough this division is going to be when you're making this kind of, you know, when you're when you're trying to figure out futures markets because you're talking about a division where the Steelers just had their worst year in a long time. The Bengals are now perennial Super Bowl contenders, and the Ravens have finally given Lamar Jackson someone to throw to with a name that we've heard of that can stay on the field for longer than five minutes. So easy, easy. I love Rashad Bateman. Matt, easy. He just had a cortisone shot. He's going to be fine, everybody. <laughs> oh, God, not this again. But but again, some of this is just your division. If if you know if we imported if we exported Cleveland to the NFC South, that number probably looks mildly different. Yeah, I mean the the reason why in the Browns case, I would rather pay the juice to get the eight and a half because I'm worried about the Ravens. I'm worried about the Bengals, of course, right? So there, I'm like, yeah, I want I'll I just want the best line. I'm gonna take the over because my level of confidence on the the Browns hitting their over on the win total much lower than my level of confidence on the Steelers going under, which they will. The other team that sticks out based on what we saw last year to me is Seattle. We know Arizona is not just rebuilding. They're tearing it down, uh, releasing DeAndre Hopkins. We know Kyler's going to sit out for X amount of time. We don't know how long that will be. The question that I have at all is if you're Arizona, whether or not you believe Kyler Murray is the guy, what incentive do you have to put him out there? By, by the time, let's say he's ready by week eight or nine. If you're two and seven, what's the incentive to put him out there? No, there, there's no incentive. And you, you, you just hit on uh, something I alluded to earlier, which is I'm more likely to go under on the worst team than over on the best team. And the Cardinals are a perfect example where I look at four and a half and I'm like, I'm going to slam that under. That means that they have to get to five wins, and I don't see the path. You're also betting that the Rams have some kind of resurgence is the wrong word? Sure. They absolutely will. With a healthy Stafford and a healthy cup, I am expecting a bit of a resurgence from the Rams. But even if they do, Seattle just has a better roster than L.A. does at the moment across the board because they're younger, they're healthier, Everyone it, in key positions across the board. Yes, the Rams have Aaron Donald. Yes, the Rams have Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. But the depth isn't there. This is a team that relied on stars to be stars. Seattle is built in the exact opposite manner. Their line is much better than people thought they would be. Their running back room much deeper than people thought it would be. They added Jackson Smith and Jigba to a receiving room that already had DK and Tyler Lockett. Geno Smith, even if he's just Kirk Cousins, can pilot that ship, and we know what they were able to do on defense last year. So Vegas coming out with a win total of eight and a half 
in a division where their main competition is San Francisco. You have two teams that are going to be, one is going to be potentially the worst team in the league in Arizona. The Rams are in a spot where, sure, there are, there's huge talent at major spots, but outside of that, what are you? Can that carry you to wins over actually good teams? We don't know because a lot of the, the talent that they had has left since that Super Bowl run a year and a half ago. So now you're asking yourself, can the Seahawks find their way to nine wins? Absolutely they can. This is an easy over for me, even at the number that they're posting, which is minus 140. If you want to go to eight and a half, I think that's a points bet. And then if you want to go to nine, if you're if you're comfortable with nine being a push, you can go to Caesars and get that at basically even money or basically minus 110 standard odds. Guess which division the Arizona Cardinals are crossing against. I can't remember. It's the same as the Rams, so it should be. I can't remember. The NFC East. So there's two sure losses there. They're going to lose to the Cowboys. They're going to lose to the Eagles. So you have two surefire yep. losses. And unfortunately, they cross against the AFC North. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right? So this this is why the Arizona Under is, is so attractive. And then the question becomes, well... If we're looking at a binary choice between Seattle and San Francisco, isn't this just Cowboys all over again where you go Seattle to win the division? Yeah. You're betting on, again, we love to talk about these teams as teams. Vegas is valuing them as numbers. And once you understand everything that goes into that, and Ahan and I are going to do some stuff on the side to kind of break down all of the the super duper nitty gritty details about sports betting that'll come out probably either later this month into next month as we kind of go into the season. But understanding how and why these numbers are the way that they are will help you because Vegas is assigning what amounts to a binary yes-no value on a team. If you like this team at this number, this is what you're going to have to pay us. If you don't like this team at this number, this is what you're going to have to pay us. They're just creating a yes-no for you in the win total market. The interesting part about it is since there are multiple providers, since you can go to Circa, you can go to WinBet, you can go to Caesars, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, since you can go to all of these places, there are opportunities where one will offer you something that the others will not. And here, the Browns, perfect example having both nine and a half and eight and a half available as overs is a big deal because nine is a very, very likely number for someone in the AFC North to end up with win wise, whether that is the Steelers or the Browns, the fact that they're floating around there and you can pick and choose. If you believe more in the Browns than the Steelers or more in the Steelers than the Browns, you can mix and match those odds as you see fit to get the best price on both of those. Yeah, the Ravens and the Browns could both finish with nine wins. I don't see the Steelers doing it. And at BetMGM, and you can sign up with promo code Underworld there, uh, plus 250. Plus 250 on the Seahawks to win the NFC West. And the Seahawks are coming into the season with huge questions at quarterback. But this isn't like, oh, well, but what if Hurts goes down, Dak goes down? No, no, no. No, no. We already have these quarterbacks have already gone down. One is rehabilitating from Tommy John's surgery. The other had to change his throwing motion because of a hand surgery. And the other is totally washed and yet could be rehabilitated by Kyle Shanahan. In, <laughs> we'll see, right, in Sam Darnold. 
to me, that's an easy one. To me, the Seahawks to win the division. The other division I like to target with the the win totals, but also with the divisional odds, is the NFC South because it's the worst division. I like to look at the best division. I think there's opportunities in the best division, like Steelers under, right? And then there's also some over opportunities in the worst division, and that's the NFC South. So if you look at the NFC South, just find the team that Vegas thinks is going to win the division and go under that team. In this case, it's the Saints. The Saints, to me, is an easy under, right? Because it's possible the Saints are the worst team in the division. This team has been hollowed out. They're losing offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Every time I look up, they're losing key cogs of the offense and the defense, and they're just trying to wallpaper over it with, oh, quarterback we've heard of in Derek Carr. Right, So this is the perfect type of team. They're just a very soft favorite to win the division, and you, I, I like to fade these soft favorites. And of all the teams that are lingering below that could win this division, the best roster is Carolina. Those odds from 9.5 for New Orleans and 7.5 for Carolina probably should both be 8.5, somewhere in there, which is where they've slotted. I think Atlanta slotted at 8.5. Um, weird division. Again, that's that's solid thinking on your end because what if Derek Carr has an adjustment period? What what if Derek Carr isn't that good? Like He is most seasons. Most seasons, he's not good. He hasn't had a couple good seasons. And yet, he had Devontae Adams last year, and he flamed out and got benched. With Devontae Adams. Sean Payton is not in New Orleans anymore, as we well know. And we saw what happens when, when you know you move someone out of a place that they were super productive for a while. And I don't think anybody would ever suggest that Derek Carr was as good at any point as Russell Wilson, but even he flamed out and it's not like he didn't have guys to throw to uh, this. You're asking, a, you're baking a lot of this in a lot of this nine and a half number is that Derek Carr can be more than they got out of quarterback last year, which fair, but you're losing a lot season by season because of the cap games you tried to play years ago to keep Drew Brees' window open, which, to be fair, they should have done. I don't I don't argue the logic there. They just didn't win one. And if you don't win one, this is what happens. Nobody's faulting the Rams for the decisions they made because they won one. You're just watching two teams go about it drastically differently in terms of how they're going to try to replace this. I don't see a world where Saints over nine and a half is a good bet. <laughs> it's just a weird. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I I like the Bucks and I like the the Panthers to win the division and the overs. I like both those bets. All Baker Mayfield has to do is exceed expectations for that to happen. And all uh, that uh, you know, Bryce Young has to do is exceed expectations. Bryce Young is going to walk on to the football field in week one as the best quarterback in his division with the best offensive line and the best defense. And that team is not the favorite? It doesn't make sense. Bias. Carolina hasn't been good in a significant amount of time. And a big portion of that has been deficiency at quarterback. But it's also been they were bad at defense. 
on defense in the end of the cam years. They've rebuilt that. That unit is now a strength. They're very good players at all three levels of that defense. That's right. The O-line is much improved. Now there's something to be desired in the pass catchers, but it's not like we're talking about New Orleans as a complete team or Atlanta as a complete team. What are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. Tampa as a complete team. It, this is how quickly it goes. Two years ago in the offseason, we were talking about Tampa as the defending world champions with Tom Brady at quarterback, and can they do it again? Now we're asking, is Kyle Trask the answer? <laughs> no. On a six-and-a-half win team. A year ago, we're talking about the Rams. Can they do it again? Now you're looking at a six-and-a-half win total. And by the way, Matt, this just goes towards your, your Arizona propaganda in terms of the under. They are not favored in a single game this year. Not one. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just. That includes a trip to Houston, by the way. Pound the under into oblivion. Just pound the under into oblivion. It's, it's easy. And the thing is with, with the Panthers, there's multiple ways they can make the playoffs. They can win their division or they could exceed expectations. And it's possible, right? It's possible that I'm wrong about the Saints and that they exceed expectations and both those teams make the playoffs. So you could also consider taking the Panthers just to make the playoffs at like plus 170. That's a good bet too. It's an interesting angle because there's not that there's no, the NFC has very little middle class right now. There are the teams at the top that we know are at the top. We know it's San Fran. We know it's Philly. We think Dallas is there outside of that. You've got two teams that have been kind of pushing that we're seeing if they can make that jump in Seattle, which we didn't see coming last year, and Detroit, which I think everyone did see coming last year. Outside of those five teams, who does anybody have conviction in making the jump? Last year, the New York Giants were a playoff team. Who saw right. that coming? No one. No one. Like, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest Bryce Young fan, but everything I heard about him pre-draft and post-draft is that this is a leader that will take you to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've ever heard about this guy. And now I'm like, well, maybe that is a possibility. But the books are saying, no, no, that's not possible. No, 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 no. Plus 175. It's like, well, no, it's very possible. It's very, very possible. The only team I like to make the playoffs, given their odds more, are the Broncos. Because you could get like plus 200 in some spots. Like FanDuel has them like plus 195 to make the playoffs. And we know that they have one dead team in the division, right? And we have another team that where the offense may be in flux, where they have a a couple bust receivers behind some aging veterans that have been the most injury-prone wide receiver duo in the league. So now... The odds that either Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, or both miss multiple games is as high as any wide receiver duo in the league. And then Justin Herbert is down to throwing to Josh Palmer and Quinton Johnston. So that's terrifying. So that's part of the case for the Broncos, that no matter what happens, forget the Chiefs. It's between the Broncos and the the uh, Chargers. Who's going to make the playoffs as the second team from the AFC West, it the Chargers odds are minus one fifteen. The Broncos odds are up to plus one ninety five. This is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. How could you possibly consider the Chargers 
when you could just pound the Broncos? They're telling you again. There are certain stuff that, that comes in where you're talking about a weird egg-shaped ball that bounces in random ways that you kick and throw and run. Weird bounces of the ball happen. And there's a lot of luck involved. The The Vikings were incredibly lucky last year, so just as a reflex response, you just go under this year. Well, guess who was the least lucky team in the NFL last year? The Denver Broncos. So you could just reflexively, systematically, just take the over on the Broncos. But I also actually prefer just the straight-up odds to make the playoffs. And they're in a very, very loaded conference. That's the only thing that scares me about that. Well, that's why the odds are so friendly. That's also why you shouldn't be touching that. Any of these more fringy teams like the Chargers. That line to make the playoffs on the Chargers of minus 115, that's the most stay away, run away, and hide line I've ever seen. If you bull, if that's a crazy, that would be a crazy bet to make. They could win 10 games and not make the playoffs. That's, that's how the stacked thing. the, that's how stacked the AFC is. They could hit their win total over and not make the playoffs. That's entirely possible. And in, in the AFC that we're talking about, where you have a Buffalo, you have a Jets with Rodgers that could potentially make a run. You've got Miami with, hopefully a healthy Tua that's that clearly found a different gear when he was out there. You've got Cincinnati who might be, if not Kansas city, the de facto AFC championship favorites. You've got Baltimore. You've got a Cleveland team that you think is going to win 10 games. You've got the entire AFC West. Oh, and by the way, there's Jacksonville too, just for fun. There's you just made the case to take the under on the dolphins. Yeah. The dolphins, are a stay away from me just because of the schedule. Yeah, the, the the schedule and the injury risk, especially to Tua, their their line is set, their futures line is set at nine and a half. Nine and a half is high. That's high for them. That's hard. That's going to be hard to get. It's absolutely respect for what they thought they were when they were on the field and healthy. But again, injury risk baked into that. So if Tua goes down, can they win 10 games against that schedule in that division with, you know, New England always plays them tough in New England. You know, we know how New England does in Miami. That's, you know, you could potentially be looking at a split there. Are you talking about stealing one from Buffalo and stealing one from the Jets? It it, it starts to look ugly real quick. And then against the rest of that schedule, you're going to go seven and four. I don't know. If you're line shopping for the Patriots and you want to go under on the Patriots, which I do, uh, Caesars, right? Caesars, they're, they're giving just the, the normal minus 115 where you have to pay the juice to take the under everywhere else. So that's an easy line shop case right there, under on the Patriots. So now what about odds to win the Super Bowl? Are there any Super Bowl odds that you like? You, I think people probably know who I'm I'm betting on. <laughs> Tell them, Matt. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm going Eagles. I think the Eagles are your Super Bowl champions, and they're not the favorite. So if, if if you feel confident, if you have any conviction in a particular team to win the Super Bowl, and they're not the odds-on favorite, just just take that team. Eagles plus 800, it's a fun bet. And looking down the board, who has a chance to, to win the, the Super Bowl, actually has an opportunity to win the Super Bowl out of nowhere. The Seahawks, the Browns, they're interesting. The, the Broncos plus... Uh, 4,500, that is maybe the the fringiest possible bet. 
But the one that actually I think uh, has the, the the most real life probability of happening w- w- with some serious plus odds are the Jaguars at plus twenty five hundred. Do you like the Jaguars to win the Super Bowl? Twenty five to one is a better number than I thought they would offer. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's possible. What what if Trevor Lawrence is Peyton Manning and they've been investing in this defense on a regular loop the last three four seasons? It's very rare that you have a Super Bowl champion that is also an MVP quarterback. We got it last year. It doesn't happen very often. But in that final four, like we've discussed before, over and over again, is more indicative of long-term success than actually winning one is. Here's the question. Go look at Trevor Lawrence's odds to win MVP and the Jags' odds to win the Super Bowl. If Trevor Lawrence is to take that next step and ascend to even beyond that Justin Herbert tier that we think he's in now and join that Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts tier that we're talking about guys that are perennial MVP favorites, how likely is it that Jacksonville is better than 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl when we look at this again in December? Wow. Wow. Yes, right now. He's 16 to 1 to be the MVP, but they're 25 to 1 for Jacksonville to win the Super Bowl. And the team I mentioned before, it's flipped. Whereas 8 to 1 for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts is 12 to 1 to be MVP. So, so, so what we are doing is the bet is you actually take Hurts to win MVP and you take the Jags to win the Super Bowl. Because they're, they're the markets are much more correlated than history has shown us actually happens. Mahomes was the first one since I think, was it Kurt Warner in 99 that won both MVP and, uh, and the Super Bowl. But a lot of that is, is if you, if you go down the list, a lot of it is just Brady. (laughs) A lot of it is just, we got bored. We're not going to give 20 MVPs to Tom Brady. He made the Super Bowl 10 or 11 times. At some point, you're going to have to stop giving him MVPs and he's going to keep winning Super Bowls. So some of it can be thrown out as, you know, selection bias. We're not going to give him the MVP uh, even in years that he deserves it. But I think the team, Cincinnati at plus 1100 DraftKings is an interesting one because we have back-to-back years of them being in that final four. I think it's more likely than 11 to one that they win a title. Derek Carr has better odds to be MVP than Russell Wilson. That's insane. That's just not right. That's insane. That can't be right. I can't believe that that's, I can't believe that Russell Wilson has fallen this far. He's now the same odds to an MVP as Kenny Pickett. What? <laughs> Russell Wilson's <laughs> odds for MVP are, are worse than Geno Smith and Jared Goff and Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Listen, if you're, if you're betting on Caesars, you're getting better odds on Wilson than you are Trey Lance for MVP. <laughs> so that's the best long shot MVP by far and away is Russell Wilson. I mean, that's just recency bias. That's just weird recency bias. And they were the least lucky team last year. The part of the MVP market that's tough is you can make the ascension. You can make the leap and not win MVP because your team doesn't perform enough. Like when Lamar won, Baltimore's win total mattered a lot. Jalen winning, win total mattered a lot. Pat winning last year. I think part of it was, you know, guys getting hurt close to the end. Otherwise, I think Jalen might have won it. But that's the 
that's where you have to be apprehensive about a Justin Fields at 25 to one. He may deserve it. Like, he may put together a season that's deserving of MVP, but Chicago is probably not going to win enough games for that to matter and for people to actually vote him MVP. What is going on? How is it possible on FanDuel that Hertz is 12 to 1 for MVP and Herbert is 9 to 1? What? What? I don't get it. What? I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Hertz is more accomplished going all the way back to college. Hertz is has is the greatest leader at the position since Tom Brady. Hertz had a team that he took to the Super Bowl last year and he probably would have won had he not gotten hurt. What? <laughs> it's just the craziest thing. And that's the other part. Why would what? you ever bet Justin Herbert at 9 to 1 on FanDuel when you can get him at 15 to 1 on Caesars? There's no like you're paying a price you don't have to pay for the exact same ticket. There's no reason for that. Yeah, you can always get oh, it's almost twice as good there. And, and we talked about Russell Wilson, Caesars, it's plus 4,500. So it's 45 to 1. And there's also 40 to 1 on Deshaun Watson on Caesars, which is nice. 40, I think it's more likely than 40 to 1 that he returns yeah, to Florida. Yeah, it is more there. likely than 40 to 1. So I think I like Watson and I like Wilson on Caesars to win MVP and Hurts on FanDuel or Caesars. Those are my bets. I, I, I love Lawrence, but if you have the odds that, that they're giving him, it's basically 16 to 1, same as Lamar. No, you can't take Lawrence. No, you can't. Yeah. No, the Lawrence is almost as ridiculous as Herbert. Herbert is is peak ridiculous. Then it's Lawrence, especially because with Lawrence, you just you just bet the Jags to win the Super Bowl. That's it. I think he was like eight last year. I think preseason. I think Trevor Lawrence was something like eighty to one. So you will get someone that that next year that's not at, that's not even mentioned here. Someone on this list that's you know seventy eighty to one will take the jump next year and be in that you know same. 15 20 to 1 range those are always fun as you know the the year two year three breakout candidates but again fields is they're telling you fields numbers already baked into this so i would not touch that no no you can't touch fields are you kidding me no yeah. no, no if no, they no, give no, me no. 50 or 60 to 1 absolutely but at 25 to 1 that's a no most of these you can't touch jared goff's not winning mvp get the hell out of here most of these you just cannot touch josh allen oh god right you can't take josh allen anything close to burrow and mahomes that doesn't make sense Aaron Rodgers is the most absurd. Aaron Rodgers, he had zero games last year with 20 or more fantasy points. Get out of here. You, I mean, most of the, I wish you could bet for players not to, I mean, I would, actually, you know what? I wouldn't do that because that, then you're, yeah, the odd, take the, the odds of Aaron Rodgers not to an MVP. I'm not doing that. You could, you'd have to call my buddy Jeff at Circa. They're the only people that really take two-way odds markets like that. I mean, that's just great. I'm not doing it. I wouldn't do it. But if there was one, it would be Aaron Rodgers. Get out of here. My favorite thing that I've ever found on any sports book ever is there is a line out. And I think you can still get it. I'm not sure if it's still on there or not. But I'll post that. If you go back in my tweets, you can find it. And I'll bump it again after this. If you go back far enough, you can find MVP odds. This is as recent as like two, three weeks ago. You can find MVP odds for Matt Ryan at plus 10,000, which is 100 to 1. And the kicker is those are the same odds that Justin Jefferson has at DraftKings. That, that, that appears to still be live. <laughs> 
That appears to still be live. I mean, why can't Justin Jefferson win the MVP? If Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase puts up a 2,000-yard season, it's possible they win MVP. I think it's actually more possible, though, that it's Jamar Chase. Unless Burrow... Well, Burrow hasn't won MVP yet, has he? Burrow has not won MVP yet. See, that's the thing. It can't be Chase because they would give it to Burrow, right? He hasn't won it yet. The only thing, the only way it would go to the receiver is if the quarterback had won MVP the previous year. So... Yeah, I guess this is like a future. If Burrow, this is a future future. If Burrow wins MVP this year, then you should put down Chase to win MVP the following year, as soon as the book's open. I think the only guy on this list that can actually win it. I think I think Justin would, if it was 2,000 plus. I think people hate Kirk Cousins enough that he could win it. I think the one you're probably looking at is Cooper if he can get there. But the problem is it would also have to be at some point without Stafford. So can he cross 2,000 on his own coming off injury? That's It's, no, it's a no, no, tall no. order. No. I just I don't see it happening. 150 to 1 is worth you know throwing a dollar or two at just for fun. But it's not anything that you should take seriously. No, no, no. That's all waste. I don't want to waste money. I'm not, I'm not here to waste money. I, I Again, the, the bleeding edge... Where it's, you could, especially with Sean Payton, right? With Sean Payton, the bleeding edge would be Russell Wilson. Where where that's not, you're not lighting money on fire. It's close. It's close, but not quite. Here's the other one that I think is kind of interesting. Is fading whoever just won MVP. Because they don't like giving out back-to-backs. No, they don't. And so that's, that's a media bias selection thing. That's not a, he doesn't deserve MVP. Pat probably deserves MVP every year, if we're being honest. Right. But they're not going to give it to him. And so at, what is it, plus 700 is the best number that you can find out there right now. Burrow plus 750. I think that market's a little too saturated. I would love it at like a 10 to 1. But 7.5 to 1 is a little bit too rich for my blood. Josh Allen at plus 800. That's, again, you need Buffalo to drastically change their win total. If they win 13 games this year, Josh Allen will win MVP. But do I think that's likely? Probably not. So you're looking at a market where Lamar Jackson at 16 to 1 still feels like eh. What about what about Travis Kelsey at 250 to 1? No, but by the same logic, by the same logic, if Kansas City goes completely nuclear and if they do, if their offense goes as nuclear as it would necessitate for Mahomes to be in the MVP conversation, that also means that Kelsey's going to be going nuclear. And if they're less likely to give an MVP to the same player, then they're more likely to give it to an offensive player on that team that finished whatever they did, right? Uh, 15-2. and Chiefs are 15-2. and They roll through the league. Kelsey has 2,000 yards. Kelsey has the greatest tight end season of all time as a receiver. Can't do it. Lighting money on fire. Can't do it. Can't do it. But it's it's a conversation. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. Can't do it. But it's a conversation. The fact that Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett have better odds for MVP than Travis Kelsey is kind of crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. And uh, he has the same odds on FanDuel as Bijan Robinson. So let's look at the rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, rookie of the year. It's got to be rookie. We got to talk about rookie of the year, baby. So rookie of the year, Bijan Robinson is plus three hundred 
on FanDuel, plus 250 on DraftKings, either plus 300 or plus 200 uh, or 250 across the board. Then you have Bryce Young, which is the one I prefer to, to B. John Robinson. And then you have Anthony Richardson at plus 900. You have C.J. Stroud at plus 900, though there are some odds that are all the way down at like plus 650 for Stroud, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't even come close to touching. And then pretty much every other player on down the board is a stay away with one glaring exception. I mean, there's one glaring exception. There's one guy that I think you have to pound just based on value, positional value in particular. I don't think he's going to break out, but it's very possible that he is starting in week two because Ryan Tannehill either gets injured or has three interceptions and they just and they lose big. They turn to Levis early in the season and he's good. And he's not just good, he's prolific. He's throwing to Burks and, and airing it out. And it turns out that he just didn't have any receivers at Kentucky. And all, all, all those raw skills are translating right away because he is 23. Like he's a fully formed professional. And he did very well in the cognitive testing. So it's very possible that Will Levis at 40 to 1 on FanDuel cashes. That to I me, think, that's a better long shot than any of the MVP forty to one bets that we talked about. Yeah, simply because I don't think a running back outside of Bijan, maybe maybe Jameer Gibbs has some crazy season, and and, and but at eleven to one, I'm not I'm not willing to take those odds. At I mean, all. even with, I know they give Rookie of the Year to running backs frequently, but they don't want to. No, and more and more and more. People are appreciating the devaluation of the running back position that this Bijan Robinson line is the ultimate stay away. Jameer Gibbs, run and hide, right? Get out of yeah. here. Uh, if, of the receivers, the one receiver I would take doesn't even have the, uh, the, the lowest odds. It's actually Jordan Addison. His odds are better than Jackson Smith and Jigba, plus 1,600 across the board. Yes, please. Actually, plus seventeen hundred on DraftKings. If you're taking JSN there is at plus fourteen hundred is basically betting on one of two things. That oh, an injury to DK or something. Yeah, it's either an injury to either DK or Lockett, or he is far and away the breakout star of that offense. And I don't think either of those happen in year one. Like it's kind of it's just a strange market to bet into. No, but Jordan Addison, he's going to be the clear number two in what will be a pass-first offense that just traded Dalvin Cook, and he was one of the great separators and you know high catch rate wide receivers that we've seen in college football in recent memory. I mean, there's very few receivers that are better at creating windows and squeezing the football in traffic than Jordan Addison, one of the best we've seen in years. It's kind of similar you could see a similar effect to what happened with cd early in his career because so much coverage was shaded to amari cooper's side where he benefited early from number two corners no safety help we're just gonna feast yeah i, I could absolutely see special teams player he played on special teams too so what if he gets some special teams touchdowns he had a 70 percent catch rate in his final two years of college 
I mean, I, I so if you're going to take a wide receiver, it's got to be Addison. Just look at fantasy football ADPs. Addison has an ADP that's earlier. He goes earlier than JSN. So that's you just use fantasy football data to decide of the receivers you might want to pick. But I, I wouldn't do that. The odds of it being a receiver or a running back are relatively low. It's probably going to be a quarterback. And the quarterback with by far and away the best odds is Will Levis. Anthony Richardson's odds... 9-1 to one on Caesars, 9-1 to one on FanDuel. Those are the best odds I'm seeing on Richardson. It could easily be Richardson. If he exceeds expectations, if he starts right away, as we expect, then why not Anthony Richardson? So I think I would go Richardson or Levis. You could basically set it up where you put more money down on Richardson, but your likely payout is going to be higher if it's Levis. Yeah, I think that's the way that I'd play it. And you can sprinkle a little bit on on Addison as well. I think that's how I'd play the market though. Bryce Young at four and a half to one doesn't make sense. Bijan at three to one doesn't make sense at well, all. Well, I like Bryce Young a hell of a lot more than I like Bijan. What? Bijan at three to one? I mean, oh God. I actually like Bryce Young. What do you think of this? I prefer Bryce Young at five to one on DraftKings more than I like Stroud at nine to one on FanDuel. I think that Bryce Young has more than a a hundred percent chance, or more than a fifty percent chance, of exceeding the probability of winning Rookie of the Year than C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is set up to fail in Houston. There's just no way that that team can have success this year. They're a year away. He has no receivers. I know that Bryce Young also has receiver challenges, but there's actually more potential. There's more truth or potential in LaVisca Chenault and Terrace Marshall in the receiver core that you have in Carolina. And just the, the offensive line is better in Carolina. Just everything is better in Carolina. And Bryce Young has been revered as this, you know, out of the box, ready to play, ready to start week one rookie quarterback that, you know, I'd, I'd rather just take the much more of a sure thing in Bryce Young than doubling the payout by taking Stroud. I just don't see a world that they're going to give it to Stroud, even if Houston wins, you know, five, six games and looks somewhat promising going forward. If Bryce gets to seven, eight, nine wins, because it's, it's, it's unfairly. So that's the thing. And it's Alabama. It's got, I know it's Ohio state, Alabama, but you have to admit, I know you're an Ohio state fan. There's something about that Saban, Alabama lineage, as long as your name's not Mac Jones, right? That where where the, the the and and Mac Jones did get the benefit of the doubt, right? But as soon as they started playing Zappy, it suddenly he became toxic, uh, but uh, and radioactive. The media turned on him instantly. It's but, funny what happens when Matt Patricia walks in the door. It's exactly, <laughs> but they will they will absolutely. If you were under the wing of the dragon at Alabama, they will give you the benefit of the doubt and the early preference when you're entering the league. And that's another reason, that's another case for the, the young, even though you know the, the payout would be half of, of the payout on Stroud. It's just, what what is, the, yeah, show me the scenario where Stroud wins it. I just don't see one. That That's why I would stay away from it. He could have a better season than Bryce, but if Carolina wins more games, that's what's going to tip the scale one way or the other and we yeah. know 
it's significantly more likely that Carolina even gets to seven wins than Houston gets to five or six. The talent on those two teams is just not similar right now. And the fireworks display that Anthony Richardson could do that it, you know inspires the imagination of so many people of the voters. See, that's also what you're betting on at nine to one, and that I that I like that I like a lot. That that idea is compelling, and that, that you would get nine to one on Richardson and then forty to one on Levis. I think that would be my that would be my 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 two pack. And the thing is, I'd be perfectly fine with missing on both of them if one of the top three guys does win because at those numbers they're just not worth betting that's right that's right and i think i think that's that's where they are the defensive player rookie of the year odds are (laughs) these are crazy i can't even i can't who, who do you like take us out on the defensive player of the year bet that you're looking at so there are two that I think are long shots. Because, again, these markets solidify themselves so quickly. Will Anderson's prohibitive favorite. Best odds are 5-1. to one. Then Tyree Wilson at 9-1. to one, Devin Witherspoon, 10-1. to one, Christian Gonzalez, 12-1. to one. Christian Gonzalez among those at 12-1. to one, You know where he went. That, that, one's, that one's just purely a we know who he went to. We know what he can be. 12-1 to one is fun there. But the two that would the dart throws for me, Kalijah Kansi at 25-1. to one, and then Nolan Smith, 30 to one at FanDuel. Nolan Smith is the answer. Nolan Smith, 30 to 1 at FanDuel. Nolan Smith is the answer. Can't do it. Lighting money on fire. Can't do it. Can't do it. Bijan at 3 to 1. Bijan, what? And yet he had Devontae Adams last year and he flamed out and got benched. With Devontae Adams. I love Rashad Bateman. That line to make the playoffs on the Chargers of minus 115, that's the most stay away, run away, and hide line I've ever seen. Again, Fields is, they're telling you, Fields' number is already baked into this, so I would not touch that. Most of these you can't touch. I love Rashad Bateman. One is rehabilitating from Tommy John's surgery. Most of these you can't touch. Bijan at three to one. Can't do it. Lighting money on fire. Can't do it. Can't do it.